the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Well, what? I mean, is that a voice that Listen you thought that. Hey, hey, you Welcome wouldn't hear again? to the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. It's Wednesday. It's my first day back at work. He's back. Thanks, Kath. Welcome Thanks, back, John. Uh, happy to be here. Gosh, to... we missed you. Thank you. It's hard to come back after a, a, an extended absence. You oh, ever do that? my gosh. <laughs> you know what that's like? Yes, I do you know go, what that's oh like. Gosh, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> So tell us. So, so you look tan and rested. I am, which can only mean beach. It's mm-hmm. exactly what it was. I uh, drove down to the Outer Banks, which is you know sort of the uh, Pittsburgh location. Given my druthers, there's a little island off the um, the Outer Banks called Ocracoke, and it's it's a very desolate and wild. My family does not want to go there, so we went to the Outer Banks, which is fine. Wait, your family doesn't want to go to Ocracoke? No, they want okay. to, they want a little more you know, humanity around them, mm-hmm. a miniature golf or something like that. Sure, anything. <laughs> so you know, we we just spent. Uh, 10 days on the beach, which was exactly what the doctor ordered. That's more than I wanted to do. Just sit there. That I did is so, so terrific. You know, I got a, a, a Fitbit on my hand, you know, the uh, little wrist thing. And I was looking at it last night. <laughs> a couple of days going to the beach, I did less than 1,200 steps, which essentially means I got up out of my bed and went to the beach and sat all day long, which just doesn't that sound terrific oh uh, it was gorgeous just really gorgeous i mean i know if you live there you probably would just get sick of it but to visit man is that beautiful would you get sick of it i think you might i think you just might you know people probably by the hundreds go to the beach every year and think i'm gonna live here but then after a while they appeal and everything gets you know old sooner or later doesn't it I don't want to be the kind of person that could not happily live at the beach. Yeah, my I don't want to be that person. No, I got a brother-in-law and sister who live at the beach, and they are—they have the magic formula down. But I love it, really. I just all I wanted to do was sit there in, in the sun, no beach umbrella, no shade, and I wanted to bake. I felt like a you know an old chicken breast sitting in the oven. Wow. <laughs> now wait, a minute. so so no umbrella for you? You didn't uh-uh. want it? No. Why is that? You just I just needed that sun on my head. Yeah, you, know, you felt I had a, vitamin D depleted. Mm, I had a little hat, just sat there. Uh, I had my sunglasses on so I could read a book, which I read an excellent book twice. I loved it so much, and just happy to sit there and bake, bake, bake. Well, that's terrific. It truly was. I mean, we missed you. We had a good time in your absence. Thank we you. talked to a lot yeah. of great guests. Thank you for your kindness. But, you know, it's just not the same without John. Appreciate that. That's very was nice it? of you. But, yeah, good to go away. Nice to come back. Absolutely. So thank you both for your steadfastness. Okay, so before we break, and we have a lot coming up on our show today. We're going we to We're going to talk about treating your job as a caring profession. We're going to talk about, yes, you can condo your refrigerator. 
We wanted to talk about that yesterday and ran out of time. That's a bit much. And then we'll talk about Chris Cuomo from CNN and his uh, ethnic uh, slur that he thinks was delivered to him uh, via video. And uh, we'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. But before we do that, there's a new TV show, which both you and Mike have started watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is uh, on Netflix. That's correct. Yeah. Right? It's a, a limited family. series. The Family. How many? Is it six episodes or eight? I believe I believe it's eight. Okay. I'm going to double check. Okay. Now, first off, is this a drama or is it a documentary? It is a, um, a historical uh, drama documentary. So it's, it is a documentary, but it's done in sort of pseudo-historical flashbacks. Yeah. And they also interview the author of the book, which the family, the series, has taken from. So it's kind of, at first you started watching it, which I knew nothing about it, and it's almost like you're watching a drama, but in fact of reality, this is something that the, um, the author has gone through decades ago as a young man. Yeah. So, so go ahead, sorry. Tells the story of a young man who is not a believer and is invited into um, a, a palatial, for lack of a better word, an estate in Washington, D.C., with a group of dedicated young Christian men, iron sharpening iron, that sort of thing, men living together in community. And this new person comes in as part of the community, the family, uh, which is the name of the book and the TV series. And now decades later has talked about his experience. Now, uh, to be fair, Mike, would you say six or eight? Um, I think it's eight. I'm still looking. Okay. So I'm only through two episodes. As I'm watching, and of course I'm watching it from my perspective, which is a Christian man, and I'm I'm seeing what unfolds, at least the first two episodes, pretty much so, I think they're working really hard in trying to find some sort of secretive, power-laden, mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., insider dog whistle christian wink wink at each right. other in the halls of power okay now i've read about that i've not read this book but i've known about this book for a long time and so the idea of the book is that there is a small evangelical christian group of wealthy individuals who live in washington dc and are finding a way to run the american government at their beck and call that's the that's the crux of the book, right. and this guy Halpern Jeffrey, Halpern. Yeah, I Jeff. can't think of Jeff Halpern. Yeah, uh, he has written this book, which is supposed to detail this and uncover kind of an Illuminati esque type of conspiracy of Christians who are trying to take over America through their fundamentalist perspective. Right. And the central figure of this series is a man by the name of Doug Coe. And Doug Coe, for decades, was pretty much a Washington insider. And at his insistence, they chose not to be public in their pronouncement of their presence in Washington, D.C. So they called themselves the family? Right. But... By looking at Doug Coe, you think, that's a wonderful man. This is somebody I'd want in my life. Well, Jeff Halpern doesn't think he was a wonderful man. Well, like I said, I'm only two Jeff episodes Halpern in. seems to think he was like the chief mason. I don't, I don't see it so far. What do you far. think, Mike? I, it's, what I don't like about it is that this is done in secret. These, these groups of men are coming together in secret um, and you have to, you basically, in order to get in, you you have to take a test, and it's an interview test, and either you're chosen or you're not chosen, um, and it 
at the same time, though, it's like what John said. It's it is iron sharpens iron. But I don't um, see it as being necessarily secretive, Mike. I just think it's a bunch of guys. It's a club. Well, it is secretive because the, the whole C Street or the C, I think C House, C House, yeah. yeah, in Virginia, I believe that that all that is in, no one's allowed in there unless you live there. Um, so or unless you're part of this group, or unless you're unless part, you're of, part this of this group. group right. I mean, you you have to take you have to take a, an interview test. So it's so. like a country club. Well, there's two different places. There's this Sea House, which is very close. It's a brownstone close to the Capitol. Right. Then there is a bit of an estate, which looks like super high end, almost like a miniature White House in some ways. And the guys in this group, the the family, they live like in you know in a young men's quarter, like maybe like a you know sort of a. a a dormitory just a, a short walk away from the main house. Now, the main house is where senators are courted, people who are the power elite, and this yeah. family, these young group of men, sort of circle around all that. In the second episode, it's it's titled Chosen. Um, it's described supporters and skeptics discuss C Street as secrecy-shrouded residence for Washington politicians and its sway in high-profile sex scandals. Yeah, I- Again, two episodes in. I'm curious. It's Netflix. There's some controversy. Yeah. But if you're it's a believer, it's interesting to see how people are looking at the church. Yeah. Yeah. And right? how they look at Christianity, and how, from this you know perspective, the author's perspective, how he wades through it or not. That's all. Yeah. The digs on the book are that Jeff Halpern has taken a personal uh, bit of angst that he had with a few people, and then he's magnified that and projected it on hundreds. Right. Now, I believe that as a believer, and especially if, if you're a guy believer, and, you know, well, and women as well, because, you know, if you're part of a small group, you know, women meet yeah. together, men meet together, you'll recognize yourself in many ways in that situation. But, but, but they're combining. It's not just a religious thing. It's a political thing. Well, look, again, two episodes in, I look at Doug Coe and I see him as a strong Christian man who is presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to men and women of influence. That's what I see. I see that as well. We'll find yeah. out more, I guess, as the episodes roll along. All right. Let's take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. We're going to go overseas and uh, talk to a good friend of ours uh, about your job and how is it as a caring profession in all and everything you do. That's next. 101.5 WORD. How often do you complain about our government? How often do you pray for our nation's leadership? Tough questions, right? Well, in 1 Timothy, Paul commands us to pray regularly for our leaders, regardless of their politics. Do you know why? Well, this week on Through the Bible, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, gives the answer to this question and many more. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus and join us. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use this direct. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. The caring professions. Yeah. So Care, I th- the caring profession. Yes, yeah, so I think of uh, nurses. I think of social workers. I think of nurses' aides. How about a fireman? Fireman is great. Um, a policeman. Yeah. Right? Uh, would you put a physician in that? Sure. Why not? Uh, would you. Would how you about put a, a cafeteria worker? Is that a caring profession? Or a minister? Yeah, sure. How about a locksmith? Is that one? Well, no, a locksmith wouldn't be a caring. Well, you mean when someone's locked out of their house or locked out of their car? I'm going to call the caring professional locksmith, and he's going to help me live my life. I, okay, so that depends. That changes how you look at your job as being a locksmith. Maybe it's both ways. How we look at them, as opposed to they look at themselves. What about the the bagger at the grocery store? I mean, you know, all that stuff's coming down. You don't want to thank God that bagger's there. Is he a caring professional? Yeah, but you wouldn't think about it. Would you think about it that way? When I'm in the midst of it and I'm you know, having him do it for me, I'm always happy to have him. <laughs> Sheridan, Sheridan Voise is with us, writer, speaker, and broadcaster on faith and spirituality and the author of The Making of Us, who we can become when life doesn't go as planned. Sheridan, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Kathy. Hi, John. Good to be with you again. Yes, yeah, Sheridan. So is a bagger at the grocery store, is that someone who's a caring professional? You know, I just love listening on you know on your conversation just then because you know just exactly what Kathy was saying is pretty much what I would be saying as a you know, the caring professions are things like social workers and nurses and yeah. physicians and you could throw in teachers there as well and then you John you're going on and talking about locksmiths and cafeteria workers and baggers at grocery stores and things like that they are not the kind of people we would normally consider as the caring professions but I think that's the problem on our side, not on the problem on their side. I think we actually have a far too limited list of people that are on that list of, quote, caring professions. I think if we remove care from any profession, we're going to be in trouble. 
Tell us about your friend, Sarah. Oh, Sarah, I was leading a retreat in a a lovely retreat center in the north of England. So if you can just picture this amazing setting, we're in the Yorkshire Dales, so amazing hills and valleys, and we're in this retreat center. And so the kind of people that normally come along to retreats are normally people that are in a good deal of health, uh, and they're wanting to find some sort of bigger spirituality for their lives, find out where God is leading them to the next kind of, in the next season of their life, things like that. Sarah came in in this motorized wheelchair, a very large motorized wheelchair. I soon discovered that she had um, she had this particular uh, health issue. It, it resulted in all of her shoulders and joints continually dislocating. So during the time that we were there for a whole week, she had a carer come and she had a full-time carer with her the whole time. Uh, during the night, she would have to basically put her shoulders back into their sockets because they would fall out numerous times during the night. Can no. you imagine no. being in a situation like that? So this is where Sarah got me thinking about this very topic that we're talking about. Uh, Sarah is, amidst all of her health challenges, she's actually a consultant to the National Health Service here in the United Kingdom. So she's able to give medical feedback to the professionals. She's got a really important role to play. One day she had a meeting in London. Her carer came early to help her shower and dress, get her ready. Then Sarah got into that motorized wheelchair and she made her way to the bus stop. Now, even getting to the bus stop was a difficulty because she had to avoid cars that had been parked on the sidewalks. Now, you and I would just walk around the cars. She then had to basically drive onto the road to avoid these cars. Number one barrier. Number two, she gets to the bus stop. The shelter is too small, too narrow to hide her, to cover her from England's continuous rain. (laughs) So there she is. She's still getting wet. She's learned by now that she has to plan ahead to expect that maybe the first bus isn't going to be able to take her to to the train station where she needs to go because so often the ramp is broken and so she can't get herself onto the bus or maybe somebody is in the wheelchair spot. This time she was okay, but sometimes it takes two or three buses to get her to the train station. This morning she gets to the train station. She walks up to the train station. She rides up to the train station, gets up to the lift. The lift is broken again. Now, this is a recurring situation for this particular train station. She had already booked assistance ahead of time, but nobody had told her that this was the situation. So she has no way of getting down to the platform. She's told to take a taxi to the next train station. That's 40 minutes away. So she calls a taxi. A half hour later, the taxi still hasn't arrived. Even if it does arrive now, she's going to miss most of her meetings. So she gave up and went home. Now, here's the thing. Most of us would consider that a very, very bad day. Sarah told me that that happens on average every third attempt that she makes on public transport because people don't fix the lifts. Now, here I come back to our topic. That means to me that somebody isn't thinking carefully enough about the importance Mm -hmm. of fixing a broken lift or pulling out a ramp so that she can get off a train in the end. That means that we need to think about just what a caring profession is. So then the mechanic in that instance, right, or the uh, conductor or the toll taker, all those people, if they put caring in front of their title, their job title, it may change their heart and then their minds. This is the thing. If, if all we see 
is the wage at the end of the week <laughs> attached to our job. I think this is what leaves people like Sarah in such a difficult state. Now, remember all her health issues. All she needs is somebody to actually care about their job. Now, there could be many factors in this case as to why the, the lift is yet again broken. But it wasn't just the lift mechanic, right? It right. was the train station staff that didn't notify her, even though she had booked ahead. Uh, it was all—it was the taxi driver that didn't turn up uh, when they were supposed to, to, to come. And in the end, it leaves normally the most vulnerable people to be in the worst state. So if we were to consider that actually a caring profession, let's put the, I guess, the, the caring, made it, make it an adjective instead of making it a noun. If we make all of our professions caring, that means that making sandwiches and mowing lawns and changing tires and painting walls and fixing lifts are all important jobs because they affect people's lives at the end. And I think that's the key for us is to actually see that whether we're coding a piece of software or indeed cutting up a sandwich or something, ultimately somebody at the other end of our work is going to be using this. And isn't that an opportunity for us to say, you know what, this is an act of love. Uh, even if it's sweeping up the floor, this is an act of love because I'm serving somebody else. I think that can not just help the Sarahs of the world, it can help us to feel like we're living meaningful lives. And doesn't that echo with the great commandment that we're given in Scripture, to love God and love others as we love ourselves? And I just wonder, guys, if uh, so much of the challenge that we have in our modern Western world about not kind of feeling that our lives are meaningful and feeling like uh, what we do doesn't matter comes down to the fact we've lost that element of care. We've lost that element of love that our jobs provide as a channel for us to be able to serve other people. Mm, Sheridan, that's so good. I think when I, when I hear you talk about this, about this opportunity to love that most of us, and I'll raise my hand here, that most of us are inward thinking, mm -hmm. right? We're, we think of ourselves first and foremost, perhaps our small circle of family, a few friends, and the rest of the world, well, good luck with that. You're on your own. But by plus, shifting of the attitude. Plus you add to that busyness. Busyness. So the idea of looking at ourselves as people of love first and wanting to pass that forward, that's the key. It really is. You know, a, a verse of Scripture that's becoming just so important for me these days is uh, Ephesians 5, the first couple of verses there. Where it says, uh, the Apostle Paul says, uh, be imitators of God. And he just talked about God being kind, compassionate, and forgiving. So be like that. Uh, follow God's example as dearly loved children and live a life of love. Now, there's our mission statement in life. If we were to adopt that and take that into our jobs, into our professions, into our fixing lifts and mending uh, clothes and uh, serving people food. If we were taking that mission in, I, I think it would help a lot, even in the busy times, to remember, hang on a sec, I'm going to imitate my God uh, because I'm a dearly loved child. Uh, I've, my own needs are served there because I've got that identity in him. And now I'm going to live a life of love by doing this particular task for the betterment of others. Now, of course, some people are not going to be very grateful for our hard work and our love. <laughs> they're not going to reciprocate. Yeah. But that's our mission. We're, that's what we're called to do.
That is so good. That sure is. That's Sheridan Boise. Sheridan's been with us. He's with us every month. Writer, speaker, broadcaster on faith and spirituality. You've got to pick up his book. It is so good. Sheridan, I love that book, The Making of Us, Who We Can Become When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Thanks again for being here. Oh, thanks, Kathy. Thanks, John. Our, ple- our pleasure. Sheridan Voise online at SheridanVoise.com. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. That's wordfm.com slash Israel. Exxon and Mobile present How to Base Premium. First, fill your tank with Exxon and Mobile's Supremium Fuel, new Synergy Supreme Plus. It keeps your engine two times cleaner for better gas mileage. Then get the rest of your car two times cleaner. My horn is so clean it squeaks. Sorry about that. So clean your engine with new Exxon and Mobile Synergy Supreme Plus. It's supreme. It's premium. It's supremium. Fill up today or go to exxon.com for details. Synergy Supreme Plus gas compared to Synergy regular gas and poor fuel injected engines. Benefits based on continuous use and may vary. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma. Here's to progress. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Partly cloudy tonight, low 62. Tomorrow, variably cloudy with a shower and thunderstorm around, especially in the afternoon. A few spots could see some damaging winds and hail with any thunderstorm, high 81. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 63. And for Friday, 
Periods of clouds and sun can't completely rule out seeing a shower or a thunderstorm. High Friday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Every item in Raina Greenberg's refrigerator is evenly spaced and faces forward. Flavored seltzers are arranged in rainbow order on the top shelf. Eggs are poised in a ceramic tray. Plastic bins with custom-made labels carry rows of applesauce pouches, jars of tomato sauce, and chia seed snacks. You hear angels sing when you open the door and see everything lined up perfectly, says Ms. Greenberg, a marketing executive who lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. Since she started meticulously organizing her refrigerator about two years ago, Ms. Greenberg says she eats more fruits and vegetables because she likes how they look in the crisper drawers. (laughs) That's so funny. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about the Marie Kondo effect that it's had on the world. Hello. I'm Maria Kondo. Yes, to go into your refrigerator. But when you see these images from a Wall Street Journal article that Kath is reading from, you think, I want that. It looks very pretty. The Home Edit, which is an organizing firm, says refrigerator organization projects are, wait for it, its most popular posts on Instagram, Mm -hmm. where they have drawn 1.3 million followers. Have you looked at it? It hits Instagram? a nerve and satisfaction spot, John. People didn't even know they were looking for her, said Clea Shearer, the Home Edit's co-founder. I don't think that many people think their fridge can ever look good. It's a forgotten space. No, I haven't looked at it. Have you? Uh, yeah. So everybody, so the article is saying, you know, everyone uh, can have big closets that are coordinated to an inch of their life. But most people have a refrigerator mm-hmm. and you can go in and create your own happy space with color and design inside the racks of your fridge. How much time would you have to have in your life to decide that you were going to do this to your refrigerator? I mean, am I exaggerating? No, it's a little OCD. I mean, it's way over the top. I mean, I got to tell you, when I look at the photographs that are included in the article, and this is by Ellen Byron, as John said in the Wall Street Journal, I think it's awesome. It looks wonderful. But really? Listen to this. Before heading to the grocery store every week, Kristen Hong of Dublin, California, usually sketches how she wants her refrigerator shelves to look, Uh planning the colors and textures of the fruit and vegetables she'll buy and deciding how to arrange them. On weeks when she decides to fill the shelves with one color, she's discovered food she likes. When I did a purple fridge, for example, I found purple fingerling potatoes. They are so delicious, Mm -hmm. Ms. Hong said. I get some funny stares at Whole Foods, especially on red and yellow weeks, because, you know, my whole belt is filled with those colored foods. Now, look. That is the very essence of the word privilege. <laughs> it really is. That's right? a good point. I mean, seriously, it is. If you're going to Whole Foods looking for a specific color of potato, yeah, that's privilege. Most weeks, Ms. Hong spends, get ready for it, a few hours chopping oh. fruits and vegetables and storing them in glass containers in her refrigerator. She then photographs the shelves for her Instagram feed and healthy eating blog. <laughs> Fine. Well, that's her business then. She's got a blog. She's making money off of her design choices. Yeah, how many for people the rest are ma- of us? How many people are making money off of their blog? Yeah, Hardly sure. anybody's making money yeah, off of their right. blog. I think this is like an OCD person who is like <laughs> trying to find a justification right. for her, you know, inclinations. I'm laughing because believe it or not, my fridge looks like this. Not to this extent where it's color coded. Hold on. Really? Hold the heck on. No, what ser- are you saying? I'm serious. I mean, I about a month and a half ago, I came home with a whole bunch of 
mason jars all over the kitchen island. I'm like, what the heck is going on, babe? My wife got like probably like 20 or 30 of them. And she's doing this to our fridge. She's she's putting all the celery in in each mason's in each mason jar or this, the I'm the grapes or. But I'm like, why can't we just put the stuff in the fridge? Like this is going to take so long. Okay, is it helping? She loves it. Um, for me, it's not helping because I'm still in, in the original way of just buying the product, bringing it home, and throwing it in the fridge, and not taking the time out to putting it in a in a jar and. And categorizing it in the fridge, and yeah, yeah. I Mike's just want to eat. Mike's yeah, I just want to eat. Yes. This is real life for Mike. It's now. too it much. Is. Um, uh, but it, it, my wife hasn't really like. She she does a good job with it though. She so she's not shopping. She doesn't take it to like, provide the texture. So right, she, and she has right, got right, a visual right. design plan exactly. for the inside of her Look, refrigerator. Exactly. There's too many rules and regulations in life anyway. Oh my gosh. The refrigerator <laughs> to me is sort of a respite from all the chaos. Right. This is where we're supposed to feel comfort, hap- and we can shut the door and forget about it. Please. Right. If I'm off, all of a sudden I'm worried my spacing is off on my mason jars. Heaven help us. Just give me something to eat. So you're starting to doubt your faith. I never had it. <laughs> three, th- three things we could do. That's Andrew Lucado coming up next. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Paul said you can't even compare the glory that we will receive with the suffering that we now know. He's going to turn every tear to a pearl, every hurt to a hallelujah, and every defeat into a victory, and every Calvary into an Easter when Jesus comes. If you're going through difficult days, listen to Adrian Rogers' uplifting series under the great physician's care this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. You know, they say the best is yet to come. 
But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. This is your middle school child trying to communicate with you. Sometimes you might not recognize your own son or daughter. That's because they barely recognize themselves. It's all part of being a middle schooler. But take heart. Help is here. Best-selling authors Cynthia Tobias and veteran teacher Sue Acuna team up in a new book called Middle School, The Inside Story. Based on interviews with real-life middle schoolers, they'll tell you what your child won't. Middle School, The Inside Story from Focus on the Family. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick Brothers return to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. Filled with a powerful mix of faith and humor and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film's rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. So first we heard from Josh Harris, who is a... uh, New York Times bestselling author. He was a pastor for a long time. Uh, his family of origin was chief in the homeschooling movement in the 1980s and 90s. And he came out a couple weeks ago and said, he, you know, in spite of the whole I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which is the book that made him into a New York Times bestselling author, in spite of all of that, he has decided that he and his wife will divorce. And she apparently has decided the same thing. And then it was only, what, a day later, a day or two later, he came out and said, in addition to that, it's not just a divorce. I have decided that I am falling away from my faith. Right. Which I'm deconstructing. As deconstructing. That's been the word I think that's been thrown around, right? Which it sent shockwaves through a lot of people of the Christian faith. It did. And then it was maybe three days ago, four days ago, I read about Marty Sampson, who is a uh, songwriter for Hillsong based in Australia. It's a movement of extremely large churches um, that have spawned a whole industry of worship music. Marty Sampson being one of the, I would say in my head, like one of the original songwriters from Hillsong came out and said, okay, well, my faith's also deconstructing. I've had it with this. I need something different. This is not really what I'm about anymore. And then he clarified it a couple days later and said, well, I mean, I'm not faithless. It's just that my faith is on shaky ground. Right. And so... Why does that matter? I mean, celebrity Christians losing their faith. When you take it more personal, and I think, you know, if you've been a believer for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you go through periods where I can't say you lose your faith, but you certainly start to doubt your faith. And I'll, I'll raise my hand with that. I just think it's is what it is to be a believer. Very few people, I think, go through this life rock solid every step along the way. So to talk about doubt, we've invited Andrea Lucado to be with us. She's a freelance writer based in Austin, Texas, author of English Lessons, The Crooked Path of Growing Toward Faith, and she blogs regularly at andrealucado.com. Andrea, welcome in. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Andrea, thanks for being with us. So talk about your time in your life where you yourself were starting to doubt. Yeah, um, so I had a few periods of doubt in my life. There was kind of a period in high school, but the most distinct was when I moved overseas to attend grad school in England. And kind of for the first time, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt in Texas and 
went to a Christian undergrad, and this was kind of the first time that I was the only one of my faith kind in the room. And of course, that's going to rattle you. That forces you to kind of look at yourself from someone else's perspective through their eyes. You know, what does my faith sound like to these people? You know, it kind of sounds crazy that I believe in this resurrection thing and this um, coming back from the dead and Jesus ascending um, to his throne in heaven. And, you know, all of that kind of sounds uh, crazy to the uninitiated. Yeah. And so I was, you know, spending time with um, more agnostic and atheist friends. And it just, you know, it was a necessary time. I was 22, 23. It was about 10 years ago. Um, but it was ultimately very good and very necessary, a time for me to really ask myself, why do I believe what I believe? So, um, so yeah, that was kind of the most formative time for me. And having grown up a pastor's kid, it was good to have distance. It was good to be far away and to be able to think through these things myself. Because you grew up in the church, Andrea, did part of you, when you started to have doubts, say, whoa, 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 I don't want to think about this. I don't want to talk. You kind of too try scary. To, yeah, too scary. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think a part of me, you know, I still went to church regularly, I think because I just, on Sunday mornings, you know, the you just wake up and you walk to church. Like, you don't know what else, as a pastor's kid, I didn't know what else to do. And so, um, and it was ultimately good that I was kind of in that community. But I do think a part of it, of that, you know, really regular church attendance was fear, you know, like, oh, gosh, I've got to, like, make sure I'm staying on the straight and narrow because these thoughts are all over the place. So there was definitely some fear there for sure. Right. So along with that fear, with that doubt, do you think is, you know, you go, well, maybe this is not true or I don't feel this way by by acknowledging that? Did you uh, were you afraid that you would fall into a deeper hole that you would totally be gone? Yeah, I think there is kind of this reluctance to question um, this fear that, you know, God couldn't handle these questions or this would be too much. And I would just end up on the path of, of being agnostic or being atheist, which is what I was just learning so much about because of the friends I was making. Um, so, yeah, I think that there was kind of this fear of if I question this, I'm not going to believe it. When really the reverse happened in the questioning, I was able to hold on. I think there were some beliefs over the years I've let go of, you know, not uh, super like core things, but um, some stuff that's like, well, yeah, I don't maybe believe this certain thing or this in this certain way. But um, as far as the existence of God and the divinity of Christ, like those things I was able to hold on to in a more sturdy way um, through questioning and through wrestling. Right. So, as you went through this process, what I like is you, you talk about this, that you're hanging out with people who are, you know, in Oxford, agnostics and people not connected to the church. But somehow in your wisdom, you found people, those those God people that you were able to connect with to have deeper conversations about God. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's so important because I found a lot of when my faith was really weak, I could lean on their strength and their faith. And I don't think that's the wrong thing to do. I think sometimes you're just like, well, I don't know what I believe, but the person on the pew next to me does. And that's really all I have is the community. And I don't think Christianity was ever meant to be practiced individually. It was always a very communal thing. Um, and it's always, you know, Christ, you know, we're the body of Christ made up of many parts. And I think I really learned the value of community. And there was some shame in that, like, oh, I'm really relying on other people's faith right now. But looking back, we all have times like that where we're like, well, I'm not sure, but they are, and I'm going to keep hanging out with them and see what happens. Mm -hmm. 
What about when you were in Oxford? Um, did did people sit with you? Did they? Did you just hang with them? Did they? Someone sit down and try to teach you something, or what was that like? Yeah. So I kind of I did a lot of wrestling and asking questions, like in my journal and just in my own time. There were a couple of friends that I confided in about it. Um, I had one friend who he grew up in um, in Austria, so he kind of grew up in post Christian Europe. Um, and he was a really strong believer and had been for a long time. And I think that was really helpful for me to see that, like, oh, you grew up somewhere where there's not cultural Christianity like there was where I grew up. You know, people say that they're Christians because it's cult- a part of the culture. And you're still a really, like, strong person of faith. I think it's really interesting you were able to do that. So it was just kind of hopeful to be around those people. And I don't remember having really specific conversations or anyone, you know, really— kind of um, preaching at me or anything like that. It was just more like being close to people who were staying close to God, so that helped me. Right. I remember years ago, uh, after Mother Teresa died, uh, there was a, a book that came out a couple of years after her death that was disclosed that essentially she lost mm-hmm. contact with God, that you know she was praying and felt as though God was not speaking to her in any viable way. And that was the sort of the pattern for all of her life, for the most part. And so many people looked at that as a scandal. Right. But she was faithful in the midst of all that, all those years, all those decades, the excellent work she continued to do, so even though she didn't feel God was with her. And what's wrong with saying it? Yeah. 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 And I think that, so I th- I've really learned the value of practicing your faith. Like when you can't feel your faith or you're not sure that God is there. I mean, it's Jesus is the way Jesus acted, what he did and what he said was pretty clear, you know, serve the poor as she did help the widow and the, the orphan. And so I've kind of, in my faith these days, I'm trying to be more tangible with it, practice it more, actually do it. And I think that that can help you. Like if you're feeling like I haven't felt the presence of God in a long time, serving in a soup kitchen or doing kind of these basic tangible things can be a really powerful way to practice faith. And um, and I think that that's what we're instructed to do. And I don't think we're always going to sense this really tangible presence of God, but we can always kind of look at what Jesus did and what he said and try to do the same. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Andrea, one last question for you before we break. You said that when you can't talk to God, you said this in your article, when you don't feel like you can talk to God, talk to someone who can. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sounds like Mother Teresa, like maybe in her kind of prayer time, it's like I had prayer times where I was like, I feel like the words I'm saying are just ricocheting off the ceiling. Like no one is actually listening to me. But like this friend who was from Austria or like other people I went to church with, I was like, I know that they're talking to God. It's hard for me to talk to God right now. And it can be really discouraging when you're praying and you don't feel like you're getting an answer. You don't feel like anyone's listening. And so talking to the people who you know are talking to God can bring a lot of comfort and can eventually kind of help you get to a place where you're still open to prayer and still open to communicating with God, I think. That's good. Andrea, thanks an awful lot. We appreciate uh, your honesty and your wisdom here. So you're starting to doubt your faith, Andrea Licato. She's a, she's the author of English Lessons, The Crooked Path of Growing Towards Faith. She blogs at andrealucato.com. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. We're just getting underway. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. A 
imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps, touch the western wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel Tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. Restaurant Week, John. Nice. That started while you were away. Who knew? But it continues now that you're back. Oh, thank you. Mm, you know, we like to appreciate these things that go on in our city, especially when I have to do with food. <laughs> of course. I mean, let's just get right down yeah, to yeah. it. So each day this week, we're going to mention a couple places that we like, um, just celebrating the fact that we live in a fantastic restaurant city. There's so many options. And I got to be honest, you know, for years, we were kind of in a, a stable group of restaurants. Yeah. Over the last five, six years, 
I cannot possibly keep up with what We've is exploded. happening. Sure. I just I, I can't. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. I'm going to put something on Facebook uh, at the five o'clock news break so that we can kind of hear from you about places you're eating. Yeah. But we're celebrating Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. John, do you want to uh, kick yeah. us off? You want to talk about some favorite places? Yeah. Okay. So I, I know that you know you've been looking at the newer places. Yeah. But me, I tend to sort of stay the the traditionalist. There's route. nothing wrong with that. You um, need both. One of my favorite places to go to, uh, which has been around forever, is Amos in Rankin. Uh, Amos, I do not know Amos. Oh, man. I mean, Mike, you know Amos. Never heard of it. And I don't mean to, in this in, a, in any disparaging way whatsoever, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the greasy spoon. I mean, it's it's not known for its decor. Um, it's not high end by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, the absolute best corned beef sandwich you'd ever want. So it's a deli. No, it's not. It's a restaurant. It's a, Actually, it's, I think it goes by Amos Lounge. It's oh, so kind of, it's a lounge. Yeah, I mean, and it's in Rankin, which, you know, whatever you want to say about Rankin, it's got its own sort of, it's kind of a hole in the wall. But the food is fabulous, and they have root beer on draft, which what? is unbelievable. Seriously, the best fish sandwich, the best corned beef, Amos. It's really a place How to go to. That? E-M-I-L apostrophe S. Amos. Wow. How about uh, a road trip to Amos? Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Could go for some uh, root beer floats. Amos on Hawkins Avenue. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. Yep. Okay. What I want to tell you about my very favorite pizza in Pittsburgh. Oh. Pizza Italia is on Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield. Yeah. It's been there for Again, uh, 150 years. I don't know how long it's been there. No seating. There's no seating. A There's a little red bench that you can sit in while you wait for your <laughs> That's stuff. That's all you got. That's all, that's all there is. And you're like two feet away from the guy who's making the pizza. Listen, I love Danny and the guys there so much. Uh, I'm there every single Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Wait, after church, you're uh-huh. going, you're going, oh, all right, yep. yeah. Pizza yep. Italia. Yep. I mean, when, when they answer the phone, they're like, Kath, what's up? Uh-huh. I mean, they know. They know. There's a lot of good pizza in Pittsburgh, but there is something that is just better about pizza italia Mm, it's just it's how i feel i don't know if it's the oven i don't know if it's just if it's the the content of the sauce or the cheese or it's just the fact that the guys are awesome but if you're looking for in my opinion the very best pittsburgh pizza it's on liberty avenue in bloomfield pizza italia pizza italia can you do slices you do oh you can do the whole thing and you can do your regular i just want a cheese pizza i just want a pepperoni pizza or you can do your specialty pizzas or you can do your calzone or you can do your steak salad or whatever it is the only thing you can't do is sit down at a table with a little candle (laughs) and have someone come and wait on you because that ain't happening you have to go sit on the curb outside right hang out there okay in that same vein um on the south side Again, this is not high-end um, eating. Mike and Tony's. It's a gyro shop. Now I, lived, I don't know Mike and Tony's either. Oh, it's a great little place. I, I lived in Queens. Is it on Carson Street? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a little, it's right in the corner. It's a little tiny a, a dive. There is a place where you order, and then you go and sit. You know, Maybe it seats 20 people or so, but you have to order at the counter, and then you go and sit down. I lived in Queens for a, a decade in New York City, and at the time, Queens was sort of like the Greek neighborhood in New mm-hmm, York. Sure. So when I came back to Pittsburgh, I was looking for a, gy- a, 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 a gyros. Or a gyros, a, we call it. Come or, on. Or a souvlaki which is lamb on a pita mm. with lettuce, tomato, onion, and some yogurt sauce. I could not find myself a decent souvlaki. Mike and Tony's comes pretty darn close. There's one in Bridgeville, too. Mike and Tony's? Yeah. Really? They have three establishments. What? what? I did not know that. They branched out. Really? Yeah. So if you're looking for you know a gyro or gyros or a souvlaki, Mike and Tony's on the south side. Wow.
Okay, I'm going to amp up the dollar output. Uh oh, here at this we go. Point, okay? This is a big spender. <laughs> I am. I'm going to yeah, because we've been we've been talking about you know pedestrian stuff. Yeah. But if you want some really outstanding food that you are going to pay for, but you're going to be glad when you walk out the door, mm. off the hook. Off the Hook is a fish restaurant in Warrendale. It's right off of 79 North. You take a right off the Warrendale exit and then just take a quick left. And you're, it's in like a, um, like a little plaza type of thing. Listen to me. It's the best swordfish I ever had in my oh, whole life. Oh, no kidding. It is the best swordfish I've ever had. Warrendale. They serve coconut rice, coconut white rice that will make you cry and weep. And if you get like the Jamaican swordfish with the coconut rice, it's you're going to be calling me to thank me. No kidding. It is absolutely outstanding. Off the hook in Off Warrendale. the hook. Okay, so whether it's a souvlaki at Mike and Tony's. Or a pizza in Bloomfield. Or a corned beef sandwich in Amos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so hungry right now. Oh my Boy. gosh. Off the hook pizza, Italia, whatever it takes. Yeah, let's get something to eat. We'll take a little break and uh, I'm going to go and raid the uh, Word FM refrigerator, see what's going on inside there. Probably not a whole lot. Watch out for the explosion coke. <laughs> Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks plummeted today after the bond market flashed a warning sign about a possible recession for the first time since 2007. The yield on the 10-year Treasury briefly dropped below the two-year yield Wednesday, an ominous signal that has predicted past recessions. Analyst Hillary Kramer. Right now, everyone is thinking that this is, that we are going to go into a recession. But that's, all the rules have changed, and I think that that's, are very short-sighted. Hillary Kramer edits Game Changers in cooperation with Salem Media. President Trump reacted on Twitter. The president used social media to claim that the U.S. is winning big time against China and to blame the Federal Reserve for holding back the American economy. He also wrote, crazy inverted yield. That's a reference to the 10-year Treasury briefly dropping below the two-year Treasury's yield. The so-called inversion has correctly predicted many past recessions. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. 
Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. Matt is here to help. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's M-A-D-D dot O-R-G. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness. Just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Partly cloudy tonight, low 62. Tomorrow, variably cloudy with a shower and thunderstorm around, especially in the afternoon. A few spots could see some damaging winds and hail with any thunderstorm, high 81. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 63. And for Friday, Periods of clouds and sun can't completely rule out seeing a shower or a thunderstorm. High Friday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's hard to believe that it was a year ago today that Attorney General of the uh, state of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, released the uh, Pennsylvania Grand Jury Sexual Assault Report, Mm -hmm. which essentially indicted the Catholic Church here in the city of Pittsburgh for years of turning away and ignoring sexual abuse that happened here locally. Also in every other diocese in the state. But, of course, we focused on our own backyard because the victims are our neighbors, and the churches are ones that we've been in for decades, if not longer. And it was an absolute—I mean, there are very few days I can remember that we had like this. I mean, when I think back to a year ago, I think of, John, you and I and Mike sitting in my office watching Josh Shapiro come forward and deliver that— Remember that opening montage, video montage, and then his prepared remarks. And then, of course, we downloaded the whole report, which is voluminous. And I I mean, that was a dark day. I mean, we talked about that for a couple of months, but initially to wade through that. And if anybody followed along and you had the stomach to read the full report, it just broke your heart to think about how many people, hundreds and hundreds of young boys and girls, 
grown women, grown men who were subject to sexual abuse. Now, our, our hope was that a year after a fact that the, the diocese of the city of Pittsburgh would have looked at that report, and there were four recommendations that the attorney general had made in the report that he had said, well, you could start to get on the path to rectify things by following along with these four things. As of today, the Catholic diocese here in the city of Pittsburgh has not followed through with those four recommendations. However, here to talk to us about that is Kevin Hayes. Kevin is part of a group called Catholics for Change in Our Church, and they've been meeting, this is the very good news, they've been meeting in this year to look at the situation to make a path forward. And Kevin, thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. So when you look back um, on this past year, you know, were there specific things you were hoping to see? Were you just following the recommendations from the Attorney General? Um, how are you looking at this, Kevin? Sure, good question. Um, we were definitely interested in what the Attorney General and the grand jury recommended in terms of some of the justice that the uh, abuse victims and survivors were seeking. Um, but we ourselves really we're kind of first looking inward as Catholics to, you know, what is going on in the Church and, and what can we do about it. And, you know, we began to meet really as a way of dealing with the hurt, the anger that we felt when we learned about the revelations that were in the PA Grand Jury Report. And so a lot of what came out was simply processing our feelings and then from there saying, hey, we want to we wanna do something. Um, and then we organized and began to realize that many of the abuse cases and how they were handled um, and how they were dealt with really indicated that there was a bigger problem. Uh, and we came to describe that as clericalism, hmm. um, which there are many, many different definitions, but the one we are comfortable with is a system in which the clergy, you know, the priests, the bishops, etc., are looked at as being superior uh, to the other members of the Church, in, in this case, laity, women religious, etc. And um, from that stems, you know, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with right, right now. So, Kevin, at the website for... Um Catholics for Change in Our Church was a terrific website, which is filled with a lot of information. Catholics for Change in Our Church. Uh, you talk about there's three different responses that that some people who were part of the church said, you know what, uh, I'm done with this. This is so vile. It's so disgusting. I'm just going to leave the church. Other people said, well, yeah, well, that was the past. Let's just get on with it and continue on where we've been. And other people like yourselves and people who were involved with Catholics for Change in our church, they looked at it and said, okay, let's do a deeper dive in this and try to figure it out. Um, Talk about that, about those three very distinct groups of people. Sure. Um, Yeah, and and that's what we've experienced as as a group, as we've kind of processed our feelings and looked around and tried to understand, you know, what, what was going on. You know, we did find that, you know, there simply have been many people who have left, Catholics who had been practicing or Catholics who hadn't practiced very much but still identified themselves with the Catholic Church. This was, in, in many respects, the last straw for them. You know, that the, the PA grand jury report um, 
made them feel, I, I just can't take this any longer. I'm going to leave. And, you know, there's, there has been about a 30% drop-off in attendance of church and also in collections, et cetera. Yes, yeah, a, a very large number. Mm. And, then, and then there was a second group, which was, you know, diametric, diametrically opposed to the first, which was that group really, you know, I would call were the defenders of the institution. You know, they, they as you mentioned, they, they over time said, well, we appreciate these were horrible, heinous crimes committed, but this was a small group of priests, uh, and they didn't represent all priests, and they really were acting on their own. They were kind of, they had their problems, and we feel like it has to be recognized and acknowledged, and, and we have to be sensitive to the traumas that the victims and the survivors and their families experience. But, but we also want to move on. We can't keep lingering in this frustration and anger. And the third group that you mentioned, which I think we, we and Catholics are changing our church, we put ourselves into, is that we kind of feel like it's important to recognize that the, the shock and the anger for most laity is going to take more time than just a few months or, or, or a half a year to get over. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that really, just as you would be sensitive to an abuse victim— you wouldn't say to them, hey, get over it, just like you wouldn't tell somebody who suffered the death of a family member or something, hey, just move on. You know, they have to decide when they're ready to move on. Right. And, um, and likewise, I think most Catholics have to do that as well. And we really can't be told by other Catholics or the clergy or the bishop, like, it's time to move on. Right. You know, that, that has to be self-determined. And so we're looking at saying there still are things that need to be acknowledged, and one of the things we feel is very important is that we really don't feel the institution of the Church, represented by the bishops of the Church, have really fully acknowledged the sinfulness that occurred both in the acts of abuse to children, but also in the institutional handling of those, uh, of those priests that were caught and, and were identified as abusers. And we feel like there's a sacred trust that was betrayed in both the acts themselves and also the institutional handling of the acts. And we think that has to be an important step by bishops across the country to together say, we are sorry mm-hmm. on behalf of the institution of the Church that these things happened. And that, that statement has just not yet been made. Kevin Hayes with us from Catholics for Change in Our Church. It's so important. Kevin, thank you for being with us today. Today's the one-year anniversary of Josh Shapiro, the Attorney General of the State of Pennsylvania, releasing this report. Kevin will be with us uh, one day next week. We hope that uh, you would tune in for that. But uh, this is a day that is not for celebration. And, And clearly, not to point out just Catholics, but people all across, whether it was Southern Baptists or the Boy Scouts of America, protect our children, please. 101.5 WORD. I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Alex Kendrick shares what he's learned he has to do when life becomes stressful and overwhelming. So I've learned to stay away from fear, frustration, and fatigue. Those things will drain me. So I learned when I'm in those, any of those three, I have to get off by myself and say, God, I need to center back on you. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM, 
W-O-R-D. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at wordfm.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist. Church, Impact Christian Church, the Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Clean living. Most times it's easier to achieve it for our cars than for ourselves. After all, Valero top-tier certified quality fuel is just around the corner to keep your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. So if you're not up for raw beet juice today, at least Valero can make sure your car is fueled clean. That means you'll get where you want to go and need to go, and your car will feel great getting you there. Find a station near you at (laughs) ValeroCleanGas.com. Joseph Lacanti is with us. Joe Lacanti is Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City. He teaches courses on Western civilization and American foreign policy. His previous works include God, Locke, and Liberty, The Struggle for Religious Freedom in the West, The Searchers, A Quest for Faith in the Valley of Doubt, and A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, How J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis Rediscovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism in the Cataclysm of 1915-1918. However, unfortunately, those August uh, topics, we're not going to talk about those today. Mm -mm. We're going to talk instead about CNN. Mm -hmm. Joseph, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great to be with you. Joe, we always love it when you're here. Okay, so Chris Cuomo, who works for CNN and does a nightly program, has lost his mind. And uh, for anyone who's been following along with the story online, uh, they know that Chris Cuomo was videotaped. He was out for dinner or at some type of public place with his family. Ambush, some would say. Exactly. Some dude, some yokel comes up to him and starts picking on him about something. And Chris Cuomo loses his ever-loving mind. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And what this onlooker did, and it may have may well have been a setup, he called him a Fredo, and Fredo is a character from The Godfather. He's the weakest of the uh, of the Corleone family. He's the brother who really can't get his life together. Mm-hmm. A weakling. 
And and Cuomo knows the character, and he just completely lost control. And I think what's so astonishing is, it's not just that he lost control, got angry. He threatened physically to throw this guy down a flight of stairs. I mean, he's essentially threatening to kill him right. uh, if he if he continues with his taunts. And, and and Cuomo doesn't back down one inch on all that. And CNN is not embarrassed by this. Does not put him on administrative leave does not reprimand him. Instead, CNN rushes to his defense and says that he was verbally assaulted. This is what we've come to. Right. It's, a, it's a pretty bad place in our culture when that's where we are with leading journalists who, it, 10 years ago, guys, if, if, a, if a journalist had broadcast or print journalist uh, had done this, uh, had been known in this way, to act in this way, he or she would have been either put on administrative leave or fired on the spot. It would have been completely unacceptable behavior. But now it's the new norm. Right. It's, it's the, the new norm. Coarsening of the American culture. Now, Joe, you yourself, you identify as an Italian-American, right? You've got <laughs> your right. Italian blood. Now, in all of your life, have you ever heard this slight, this Fredo as an insult? Right. <laughs> No, I haven't. And uh, I'm a first generation on my dad's side. My father was born in southern Italy. My mom's family, they're from uh, uh, beautiful islands off the coast of Naples. The, the insults that we heard growing up, you know, homegrown Italian insults, and none of these are, are swear words. So I think I can use them with your audience, and I'll, and I'll kind of translate for you. But one of the most common ones was a scungio. You're a scungio, which means you're like a, you're like a squid. Uh, an octopus, wow. a snail, and it means you're you're a slow moving, sluggish person. <laughs> you, you can't you can't accomplish routine tasks with any with any confidence. You're, you're a scoongeal. <laughs> that was a common put down. You yeah, know, yeah. And I could I could understand Italians being upset by being called a scoongeal, but you laugh when you say it. The way the word sounds a lot worse than it really is. <laughs> But the word Fredo, nobody called anybody a Fredo uh, growing up. I don't know what Cuomo is getting so bent out of shape about. You know, what, what's happening, of course, is that word, Fredo, the, the conservative talk show host, some of them have been using that to just describe Cuomo routinely. Just call him Fredo Cuomo. And he knows this. And it clearly has been galling him because that's, that was part of his outburst. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's going after the, uh, the conservative commentators that he knows use this word to describe him all the time. And he clearly has an inferiority complex. It pushed his buttons just beyond any kind of rational kind of, you know, breaking point over here. It sure did. Um, I mean, what was shocking was he's with his nine-year-old daughter, you know, and his yeah. explainative, you know. Uh, oh, let me say, let, let me say this. We wanted to play yeah. the audio. Before you, before you came you, on, you, but you we can't, can't because there are more f bombs in it than you in an HBO show. Right. I mean, there's just there's... no. You, that's what was embarrassing to me. I'm thinking to me, he 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 totally played into the anti-Italian stereotypes of being a thug, the kind of guy who's ready to beat you up if you look at him the wrong way. As in Italian, you say you give somebody the, the evil eye, the malocchio, and now you're ready to kill him. I mean, that's the that's the stereotype against the Italians, and Cuomo played into it precisely. He's reinforced some of the worst stereotypes of Italians right in front of his family, his yeah. nine-year-old daughter. Unbelievable, guys. Wait. Just unbelievable. Go ahead. Joe, go back and talk about the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the malocchio. Let me just give you a couple more Italian put-downs that I heard growing up, okay, if I could. Well, the other one, another one, another good one is a mamaluke, a mamaluco. You're a mamaluke. You're just kind of an idiot. You're just kind of adult. A mamaluke. Another one, which I heard personally was applied to me, <laughs> mezzestunad. A mezzestunad means you're kind of walking around in a fog. You know, you don't really, you haven't gotten your act together. You're not, you're not paying attention to, you know, to, to the road around you. You're a mezzestunad. And then I'll give you one more. Yeah. 
This is a word my dad used every time Bill Clinton came on uh, on the radio or on television. My dad would go into his, his native Italian. He'd say, Clinton, bujarda, bujarda. He's a liar. He's a liar. Uh-huh. It seems to me all of those words could apply to what is becoming the base of the Democratic Party right now. Right. Not just not just Chris Cuomo, but the base of the Democratic Party. I know conservatives have their problems as well. I was disappointed that Sean Hannity came to Cuomo's defense over here. I just that's just not the right way to respond. You know, you got to do better in front of your wife and kid, right? Right now, but whether it's you or Chris Cuomo or the words that you're describing, what I love about it so much is the passion in which it's delivered. <laughs> <laughs> That's half the fun. That's half the fun. When you call somebody a scoongeel, it just sounds so bad. Oh, you do, you're calling them a snail, an octopus. You know, what is that? That's I fashion. Mean, come on. Let me, they got to light up over there. The Cuomo's have to light up a little bit, right? Dr. Joseph Lacante, Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City, where he teaches courses on Western Civ and American foreign policy. He's got a bunch of books out, my favorite being A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, How Tolkien and Lewis Discovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism in the Cataclysm of 1915 to 1918. But there's more conversation coming up next. The protests we're seeing in Hong Kong. Is it a new democracy emerging? Hey, now that it's August, we're thinking about different things than we were four weeks ago. I mean, maybe a month ago you were thinking about your vacation or, you know, what are you going to take to the beach or, you know, all the things that you're going to check off your summer bucket list. Now you're thinking, okay, school's right around the corner. There's a lot of things that I have to put on my to-do list that I can hopefully check off in the next three or four weeks. Well, if you've got a child who's just starting high school, or maybe you've got a a child who's further along in high school, maybe a junior, you're really starting to think about college. Maybe you're starting to ask that question. Maybe you're starting to say, hey, okay, is there a faith-based school? that's going to train my child well enough that he or she's going to be able to compete in this type of job market. Or you're saying, you know, is there a Christian school that's going to not just be the academic part, but is also going to shepherd my child's faith so that when they graduate, they're going to be not just a mature student, but they're going to be a mature person. Well, listen, I can tell you that I've spent a lot of time at Grove City College over the last couple of years. My daughter's a student there. And Grove City, truly, for our family, has checked off each one of those boxes. It is a demanding place academically, but it also is a place that takes very seriously the molding and shaping of Christian students. So if you want more information about what it might look like to have your child in a place like Grove City, look them up online, gcc.edu. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136 and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. 
Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Partly cloudy tonight, low 62. Tomorrow, variably cloudy with a shower and thunderstorm around, especially in the afternoon. A few spots could see some damaging winds and hail with any thunderstorm, high 81. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 63. And for Friday, periods of clouds and sun can't completely rule out seeing a shower or thunderstorm, high Friday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. From King's College in New York, New York City, Joseph Leconte is with us. Joe, the film of what we've seen from Hong Kong over the last three to five yeah. days has absolutely been shocking. I, you yeah. know, I, I think of the Tiananmen Square. I think of the, um, you know, the dude with the groceries standing, tank man, right, standing in front of that whole yeah. line of tanks. How unbelievably. Yeah. Uh, what impact that had on us in the West when we saw that photograph. Yes. And then to think that, from what I understand, kids growing up in China have never seen that image and don't even know about what happened yeah. in Tiananmen Square. And you think, boy, these people in Hong Kong are standing up against what is like an uh, an unbeatable giant, it would seem. Yes, I think you've described it really well, Kathy. I, I have vivid memories of, uh, of the Tiananmen Square massacre, uh, in uh, in 1989, this is the same year that the uh, uh, Soviet Union began to unravel. The East Bloc countries began to break away, and China, I think, ever, ever since then has you know, has watched the the possible democratic revolts elsewhere, certainly in its own country. And the impulse is to put them down, put them down. We are at a real dangerous moment right now, I, I think, uh, with Hong Kong. Uh, and which way the Chinese government is going to go, because their their impulse, I think, is going to be uh, to use uh, not just force, but m- much more force than, ne- than is necessary. And I think the big concern I have and, and others have who pay attention to U.S. foreign policy is, well, what can the United States do and what should we be doing to show our clear, unequivocal support for these democratic protesters who are overwhelmingly peaceful? You know, there's a handful of guys there who are acting kind of violently, and that's, that's a problem. But the overwhelming majority of the million or so, uh, from the thing about the last couple of months, a million on, on one day, two million the next day, hundreds of thousands here at the airport, shutting down the airport. I mean, overwhelmingly peaceful. So what can we do to support this overwhelmingly peaceful pro-democracy movement? That's right. the big question in the air, right? So, Joe, go back a little bit. And, and for those who are uninformed, talk about that relationship between China and Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hong Kong, this British colony, and but in 1997 to hand it over to China because of its proximity to China, historic ties to China, the ethnic Chinese who live uh, in Hong Kong. But the idea was, okay, we're going to hand it over to you, but it's going to be run as one country, two systems, because Hong Kong had enjoyed for so long uh, the the British model of self-government, some kind of representative government. Uh, They were going to just give that up as they handed it over to China. There was this agreement made in 97, 1997, that for the next 50 years, 
Hong Kong would would keep that kind of democratic independence. So you you really have had these two, uh, two countries. Uh, I say one country, two systems with Hong Kong. And the problem, of course, is huh, you can't keep uh, that uh, knowledge of freedom, of democratic freedom and, and human rights. You can't keep that knowledge from coming into the minds of those living in communist China who don't have the same freedoms and the same liberties, right? That's mm-hmm. the problem for China. Right. That's what it is. It's like water, right? It's just going to go where it's going to go. Okay, Mike, there's a piece of audio yeah. that we've that uh, I heard yesterday. Mike, play this for us. So that's one of the Hong Kong protesters who was carrying an American flag and singing our national anthem. And I got to tell you, Joe, I heard that yesterday and it gave me pause for a couple of reasons. First off, I thought he knows our national anthem better than a lot of Americans do. (laughs) And the the second the second thing I thought is no matter how wrongly we have utilize the freedoms that we have and and our our checkered history of extending those to everybody and i I recognize how fully faulty our country has been in a myriad of ways we still stand for freedom in the world that's exactly right i couldn't put it better and it's it's the united states and it's also great britain because in the early days of this democratic revolt a couple of months ago in june you saw the union jack they're flying the Union Jack, so the the protection of the whole British Commonwealth yeah, is what they're back. after. The Anglo the Anglo American tradition in in government by consent of the governed is what they're after, and who can deny them that? Well, the Chinese are doing their best to to, to deny them that, right. and it really is stirring. And yeah, these guys are not unlike some of our sports players over here who take the knee at the at the flag and the anthem here you have these democratic protesters who know better who know what america stands for and they want a piece of it and again what's the the question on the table is well what what can and what should the united states do about it right and, and that that's a really million dollar question because we're sort of you know out of the league here in a way to uh, yeah. put ourselves into these um diplomatic uh, pushes i mean uh, yeah. look china has shown themselves to be less than kind towards their own citizens so um there's, less a, than kind. there's yeah. a possibility for bloodshed here especially when you look at their yeah. their history and of course the way you know as we're involved with christianity those who are believers yeah. in Hong Kong as well. Yeah, it's a great point, John. I mean, the, the, the part of the question you want to ask as a Christian, okay, how might a, a Christian way of thinking about this give us some answers, give us some kind of creative solutions? And I want to go back quickly to 1948-49 with the Berlin Airlift, because you had an East-West Berlin situation, communist East Berlin, democratic West Berlin, and yeah, the, 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 the people who are trapped in East Berlin, they knew exactly what was going on, and many were trying to escape to the West, and they were escaping into the West. Soviet Union decides to, to uh, create a blockade, keeping the West from getting food and fuel into West Berlin, Democratic West Berlin. Now you've got, you got a real problem on your hands. What are you going to do? Are you going to abandon the city to the Soviets? Harry Truman, Democratic president, Harry Truman decides we're going to launch an airlift. We're going to feed half the city of Berlin from the air. And planes flew. They left our airports from Great Britain and elsewhere. They landed in West Berlin every two minutes 
for the next about 340 days around the clock, feeding West Berlin until the Soviets back down. That's creative, I would argue, a, a kind of Christian realism diplomacy soft power. I don't know what the answer is now in, in in Hong Kong, but I'd like to see some real creative thinking about how do we pressure the Chinese to stand down and grant these guys the basic democratic freedoms that they've been promised Boy, in this treaty with, with Great Britain. Joe, I didn't remember that the Berlin airlift was that long in, you know, in duration. Yeah. I mean, that's really... The better part I, of a year. Okay, so how can that be instructive to us? I mean, you said it was first off creative. Yeah. yeah. That's creative diplomacy because they didn't know what the Soviets were going to do. They didn't know if the Soviets were going to shoot down the planes. And Truman's generals and others told them, just abandon the city. Give up. Give up West Berlin, which means you're going to give up West Germany. And then who knows what the Soviets are going to do. Truman announces within a few days we're staying and then organizes this massive airlift, an incredible demonstration of American soft power to feed half a city uh, every day for 320-some-odd days. Well. What, what do we do with that? How, how can we learn from that? We've got to think through carefully now. We don't want to provoke violence. We don't want to drive the Chinese, put their backs to the wall. We want to give them a, a, a way out of this. But I, and I think it's going to be, look, America can come in with Great Britain and, and uh, offer to be some kind of an arbiter in this mm-hmm. dispute and, and get, ratchet down the, the tensions right now and give the Chinese an honorable way out to honor their own obligations. So, Joe, earlier you said that there was an agreement between China and Hong Kong that in 50 years, Hong Kong yeah. would eventually go the way of China. So now we're 20 years into this agreement, 20 years yeah. in. So is this China just going, you know what, we know it's on the table. We're just going to take it. It's going to be ours eventually. The way the Chinese are talking right now, you start to wonder if that's where it's going, because they're, of course, they're accusing the United States of stirring up uh, this unrest. Complete nonsense. No matter what, no matter what policy we take with the Chinese, they're going to blame us right. as a propaganda weapon. And what we can tell now, they're, they're seem to be moving troops closer to Hong Kong. Uh, are they preparing for something? We, do, we just don't know. We've got we've got to somehow, I think, what, one of the things we have to do is. People have to reach out to the Hong Kong Democratic leadership, the United States and Great Britain, and, and, and help these guys to get a strategy in place that's going to keep it nonviolent. Nonviolence is the key. That's how, that's how uh, Eastern Europe uh, collapsed uh, under Soviet control. It happened peacefully, right? The Polish Solidarity Movement in 1980, which was forced underground by, by the communists, it remained nonviolent. And we've got to help these these Hong Kong uh, demonstrators with any kind of aid we can give them, any kind of assistance we can give them, uh, but also uh, in, assuring them that we're on their side and we're going to be with them right to the end. Uh, that message has to be delivered clearly. I have to say it hasn't been delivered all that clearly right now at this moment from the White House. Joe LeConte is with us from the King's College in New York City. We need to take a break, but Joe's going to stay with us. We hope that you're hanging in there as well. Be right back. 101.5 WORD. Living in a fallen world, we're often tempted to act like those around us. But scripture calls us to walk a different path. This week, we're being reminded of the importance of living in light of the gospel. Listen Monday through Friday to Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Truth for Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick Brothers return to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. Filled with a powerful mix of faith and humor and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film's rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. 
Do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero-gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At Accurate Solutions Group, we're known to consort with pirates, penguins, and even panthers, and of course the Steelers. Maybe fans of Pittsburgh's most beloved sports teams turn to us because they know we're Yinzers too. So whether you're a pirate fan, penguin, panther, or Steelers, or all of the above, give us a call. I'm Kurt Kanodik. Ethan and I will help you get to where you need to be. Retirement is what we do, independent is what we are, and fiduciary is how we practice. Retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. A retirement blueprint from Accurate Solutions Group. It's customized and personalized to your unique situation. Call 412-515-3555. It's never too late and it's never too early. 412-515-3555. Or visit ASGRetire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100 or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Tossing the ball around with Joe Conte from King's College in uh, New York City. A lot of different topics. We t- started out with Chris Cuomo. Um, we moved on to Hong Kong protesters. Now we're talking about Christian education. That's right. So the the mission of Christian higher ed, uh, Joe, is something that's largely been forgotten because the college campuses now are liberal bastions. Yes, and you guys know this, and I, you've, I know you talked about it on your show, uh, the, the Christian origins of higher education in this country go back, you know, to the 16th century, 17th century, Harvard, Yale, Princeton. I mean, the College of New Jersey, which became Princeton, for example, uh, an overtly uh, evangelical school, uh, and the mission was to train men for the ministry. And then it expanded under people like uh, William uh, uh, John Witherspoon, the, the only minister to sign the Declaration of Independence. Witherspoon was the president of, of, of Princeton, 17, I think, 65 to 1790. He's training an entire generation of men and, and then later women uh, in statesmanship, in, in, in politics, in, in the arts. Uh, and they're getting this deeply Christian education there at Princeton. Now, that's all gone, right? That's all gone. We've forgotten all of that. We've forgotten why it was so important to attach uh, the life of the mind to a, a, a thoroughly committed and well-informed biblical worldview. The two, they really need to hold together. Uh, there's a great line from C.S. Lewis uh, 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 is worth remembering here. He said, nonsense in the intellect 
draws evil after it. Nonsense in the intellect draws evil after it. And if you think about just the nonsense, the cacophony of nonsense that we have to put up with on an everyday basis, particularly coming from uh, our left-wing friends in the academy and in the media. We've got to think better. We've got to think more Christianly. Mm-hmm. Christian higher education still has a vital role to play, I think, in helping to keep us honest, intellectually honest. Joe, talk about the history of this. You know, I've read several different criticisms of how this happened, how higher education started yeah. out based in the the fundamental ideals of Christianity and the pursuit of knowledge and the belief that the that God had made the universe discoverable, yeah. right? So and yeah. so one of the ideas I've heard is that we started to sink our attention into seminaries as opposed to liberal arts education. What do you say? That's a terrific question. It's a big question. It's a little above my pay grade, but I will say this. Uh, Even though you can't pinpoint an exact date or an exact event, it seems to me, as we describe the sort of evacuation of Christians from higher education, and it it has been in many ways, in terms of the elite, the leading schools, the schools that are shaping the minds uh, of the next generation in a powerful way, for the most part, Christians are not there. We have some great alternative institutions, and you know what they are. How did that evacuation happen? Well, you, I think uh, the, the time period that's really important here is the turn of the 20th century after the First World War. We've talked about this in another context with, sure. uh, with Tolkien and Lewis in the British context. But similar things are going on in America. There's a great disillusionment after the First World War with the ideas of liberal democracy and Christianity because of what the world has just been through, this great cataclysm. And that and that is being fed by all kinds of ideas now that are getting hold, that are taking hold in the academy. Everything from eugenics, right? The mm-hmm. eugenics movement is taking hold uh, there in 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 uh, 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 the great institutions, Smithsonian scientific institutions, academic institutions. These ideas are creeping in as Christians are evacuating, and there are all kinds of reasons to try to explain that evacuation. But certainly, one of them does go back to this whole. A debate over evolution, and mm. and as it's it seemed that Christians were losing their the intellectual high ground, as Darwin and then Spencer, more importantly Spencer, as they're as they're getting a grip on the mind uh, of our uh, scientific community, our literary communities, Christians feel that they're in retreat, that they're on the losing side of one of the most important intellectual debates uh, at the turn of the century, the 20th century, and they begin to feel they, ha- they don't have a place in higher education anymore. That's certainly a huge factor. Right. And, and that's, it feels as though history in some ways repeating itself. I mean, there you are, Joe. You're in Manhattan, King's College in New York City. Uh, it's certainly <laughs> not, you know, uh, Christian friendly in many ways. And, and Kath and yeah. I wonder about this. Both of our children are attending Christian universities. But I wonder, yeah. from a corporate America perspective, when they look at young candidates who are just recent college graduates, the resumes come across the desk, and they see yeah. young Christians applying to the job market, will there be an anti-Christian bias from those young graduates who have degrees from Christian universities? It's a fabulous question that I know you parents are asking yourselves, you Christian parents are asking yourselves all the time. I think I can't give a, a, a general answer to that because I really think it depends on the, the field, the profession, because some vocations, I think, are simply more open uh, to uh, young people coming from all kinds of institutions. And what they care about is some of their work experience, their internship experience, uh, and how they come across in an interview, in a personal interview. So it's a little hard to kind of give you a, a blanket answer on sure. that. It really does depend on the profession. 
when I look at what's happening, for example, to my first chosen profession, journalism right now, my heart tends to sink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the feeder schools that are producing the journalists right now, uh, Columbia and others, these feeder institutions that have been doing it for a while, they're so overrun by hardcore secular left-wing thinkers. It is hard to see how young Christian people are going to make their way into some of these gatekeeping journalistic institutions, though it does still happen. They are there. You have Christians at The Atlantic. You have Christians working at at, uh, at The New York Times. But they are kind of a uh, – what's the word I want here? Um, they're a, a, a kind of a resistance movement. They're mm-hmm. insurgency, a, a quiet insurgency, and they have to keep a real low profile for the most part in those institutions. So they're working, you know, they're brave. They are courageous young people. They're there, but they're not welcomed. Uh, they're not welcomed with open arms by any stretch of the imagination. So, Joe, my opinion on this might be off base, but I got to tell you, when I imagine kids leaving from a Christian school and going out and trying to find a job in the job market, that doesn't worry me yeah. at all, because I think the yeah. vast majority of normal life people are open to different ideas in a way that the academy is not. I think the outlier uh, yeah. is what happens on college campuses. They're the wackos. <laughs> so, is that too much? Did I go too far? No, you're fine. No, no, no. no. I, I'll use the word. I'll use the phrase "crackpot fringe." The crackpot fringe. You're right. It does tend to concentrate in the academy. I think that's absolutely right. I guess the, some professions that are just I'm thinking are much harder to get into uh, have to do with say Hollywood, maybe the media. Right. That are also pretty poisoned, although there are great exceptions right. in, in those uh, professions. But you're right. If you think about the business community, uh, if you think about uh, in politics uh, and public policy, there are all kinds of opportunities that are that are open to young people coming from whatever uh, background. So I think you're right about in, that in general. I think that's, that's absolutely right, especially those professions that they really do have to uh, in order to stay in business. They have to be responsible, right. uh, responsive to people across the board. They can't discriminate in that way just to stay in business, right? Right. Well, people know. I mean, look, Joe, I've got a friend who's a physician. He is not a believer, but he knows that I'm here at the station. Years ago, he started to tune in, and he said to me, he said, hey, you know what? I, I don't believe in Jesus, but what I listen to yeah. the station, what I hear is a lot of wisdom. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're in Very higher good. education, you see the product before you. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, I think we have to continue to be hopeful uh, here, guys, because if, if, our, if our theology is sound, if we have a good Christian theology, yes, we have, the, we have the fall. But, you know, the Bible doesn't start with the fall. The Bible, of course, starts with creation. And that means the image of God. And even the fall doesn't eradicate the image of God. And so the idea of conscience, common sense, moral intuition, the ability to appreciate beauty, the longing for joy, we could draw from our good friend C.S. Lewis, the desire for joy, all of those qualities are still present in fallen human nature. Right. And so I'm, I, we can be hopeful and confident that all kinds of people in different professions, in the secular professions, when they recognize, when they're around young people who have an amazing Christ-like character, committed to excellence and can think well, I think they're going to be impressed. Right. Yeah. I and, think they will be impressed. And so. Joe, there you are in the middle of it all. I mean, you're in New York, New York, <laughs> and, and you're in your classroom every day with, I'm sure, some pretty amazing yeah. Christian kids. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Cuomo territory over here. You know, it's the belly <laughs> of the beast over here. Cuomo land. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the best of my students, the cream of that crop in there, 
uh, they are amazing. Uh, they are just a, an amazing group of young people who have their lives together their, and their sense of Christian calling. That's one of the things I would emphasize. Mm. When young people develop a sense of their gifts and their calling, and they come out of a good, strong family, have good, strong character, man, they're, they're almost unstoppable. I mean, they're just, they are amazing. And I, I look at some of these guys who just graduated, for example, our class graduated, and I think, I wish I had my life together when I was their age, the way they have their lives together in terms of their Christian commitment and their character and their sense of mission. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons, I think, to be encouraged, despite the madness and the craziness around us, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line, I think about this a lot, Joe, is that whether we get the job or not, uh, we're still called to follow Jesus. And so whatever it, you know, this is the culture we live in. I think of Daniel and I think of his friends and I think of Daniel saying, you know what? God's going to deliver us out of that furnace. But even if he doesn't, even this, if he doesn't. Even wow. if he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like our calling yeah. is to serve something bigger than a job and bigger than a country. Yes. And not that the job yes. or the country doesn't matter, but our first allegiance yes. is to Christ. And so we got to follow yes. that and God's going to provide. I love that, Kathy. It's one of the most poignant lines in all of Scripture, isn't it, there from yep. Dan? Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. And yet we're just going to obey. And it's the, it's the same thing, that exchange between Jesus and Peter there and the resurrection on the beach and uh, and Peter is wondering about, about the Apostle John, it, it, maybe John's going to live, live, live on and live on, and, and Jesus just gives him the line, don't you worry about him, you follow me. Very nice. You follow me. Mm-hmm. Joe. And that, that's a great mission, great, great vision. Always a pleasure, Joe. Love your passion, your insight, your, your wisdom. Uh, maybe tonight you want to go and hang out and watch Godfather 1 and 2. <laughs> yes, please, just don't call me Fredo. I promise. And we'll get along just fine the next time I'm on the show. (laughs) Joe LaConte from King's College in New York City. He's the author of many excellent works, uh, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, How J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis Rediscovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism. Joe LaConte from King's College. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is the Entertainment Answer. The best-selling book, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, hits the big screen, and actress Kate Blanchett says this about her character. It's a very funny and painful look at a woman who was in a moment of chaos approaching an enormous change in her life. All of the garbage and rubbish that comes up from who you thought you'd be, having to face who you are, to move on to who you might possibly become. Where'd You Go, Bernadette, rated PG-13. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask Home Advisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, Home Advisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app. Home Advisor. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Welcome to Office Depot. How can I help you? We're getting her organized for back to school. Yep, got my green notebook and folder for chemistry. I mean, science is always green because, of course. Right, because math always has red notebooks. Right, because blue notebooks are for English. English. And And yellow yellow are for for social studies. studies. And And purple purple is for music. And, uh, are we twins? Uh, no. Get everything on their list from the advisors at Office Depot Office Max. This week's doorbuster, one-inch binders for $1. $1 in-store or online at officedepot.com. Limit 10. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma. Here's to progress. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Would you believe it if I told you? That divorce lawyers are saying that many of the individuals they represent blame social media for the decline of the marriage. Oh, yes. 100%. Do you believe that? Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, why does that not surprise you? Well, I think the opportunity to engage in illicit, some would say hidden behavior, Mm -hmm. reconnecting with lost loves, all that is ripe Mm -hmm. on Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Easy peasy. I saw an article in Madame Noir. What is that? I don't know. I've never been on the site before. Madame Noir. Yeah, I'm actually worried about it. Yeah, you should be. Maybe that's the cause of divorce. The article says that uh, social media has developed a very strange role in marriages. Barely a decade ago, married couples didn't like each other's posts and nobody announced their engagement on status updates, <laughs> right? On Instagram. But we do have to navigate social media within our marriages. So these are a couple instances of reasons why marriages have declined, specifically related to social media. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. The first thing you mentioned, which is that you can dig back in time. So if you say we're just married this year, you could go back on your partner's Instagram feed or Facebook page and see who she was dating three years ago. Right, right. Pictures of them together, you know, photos of their sweet time that they shared and, you know, whatever. And even though you know she's married to you now, it would be weird to be able to go back and see visual representation of Nobody that all the time. Nobody wants to see that. Okay. People see that all the time. That's regulation behavior. What? So yeah. you're looking at past relationships. Right. Aren't you glad you're married? You know? Yes. Okay, now listen to this. The other thing, this is interesting. The fact is it creates a disconnect is the second thing. The very fact that we can watch an element of our partner's lives that doesn't include us evolve and it's with other people and we're not there mm. and they're doing things that aren't bad, but they're also things that we don't know anything about. <laughs> You know, and so you look at a story or you look at photos and you see the check-ins of all the places they've been and you're thinking, I feel left out. Right. Where was I? Why, why can't I be part of that? 
Yeah, and and wait a minute. While you were doing, what was I doing? Yeah, you know where was I? I was at home cleaning the bathtub. So if there's any distance to begin with, those types of social media posts okay. make it worse. So the cracks create the fissures, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not that. Perhaps social media is going to ruin a marriage that's already good. But if there are issues with it, experts say social media is just going to expand them and magnify them. Right. Today I woke up and um, going about my thing. And then I logged on to Facebook. And Facebook told me it was my 11th year anniversary on Facebook. And I was to be (laughs) – I I wish I never had (laughs) – so, yeah, exactly. I never had to do that, right? The Facebook, the Twitter, all that. What a bunch of seriously. I mean, I know it's there's some good to it. We have to do it. I think there's the negative some. far outweighs the positive, don't you think? I do. I really do. I'm starting to wonder. Just over the summer, it has become very exhausting. It's for me. not good. It, it has really become isn't. exhausting for me. Let's go back to 1964. No, well, I like. We're gonna take the old man approach. Please do, yeah. We're not doing that. I think we're healthier if we do that. We're not doing that. All right. Anyway, hey, listen, uh, we're podcasting up and running. JohnandKathyShow.com. Have yourself a great night, and uh, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.